0: Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel.
1: Go, go, lift your Bibles out. We welcome everybody everywhere, everywhere, everyone's. Lift your Bible. Let's get into the Word of God tonight. Let's say our faith confession. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. I am not just a hearer of the Word. I'm a doer of the Word. This Word teaches me that I am more than a conqueror. My spirit and my mind are prepared to receive. Hallelujah. Remain standing if you will. Go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, excuse me, verse 26. We're going to do part three tonight of discovering God's voice. I hope that it's uh, teaching you and encouraging you and giving you practical information. John chapter 10, verse number 26. Just say it again. Look at somebody say, I'm still here. Mm hmm, mm hmm. See, if you're going through pain, if you're dealing with pain in your life right now, you, you, you need to stop complaining about that, and you should be shouting about that. He said, Bishop? Bishop, why should I be shouting? Because pain is an indication that you ain't dead. Dead folks don't feel nothing. So the fact that you're able to feel pain is an indication that you're so still alive and kicking. John chapter 10, verse number 26. Look at it, says, but you do not believe because you ain't mine. said to you verse 27 my sheep hear my voice and i know them and they follow me now this first part's interesting because jesus says he says you don't believe because you're not of my sheep in other words what he's saying is you choose not to believe me because you don't really want to be mine verse 28 he says and i give them eternal life they shall never perish neither shall anyone say that includes you <laughs> no, no look at your neighbor when you say it tell him say that includes you look, look at the other one you're gonna talk to him about 18 times tonight so you better if you don't like them you better switch seats L- look at him and say I just wanted you to know that in case you offend me I'm not quitting the church and I'm not quitting God because of you I, I just I just want you to know that Uh uh-huh. uh-huh. I ain't giving you that kind of power yeah. and I give them eternal life and they shall never perish neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand and I've said this every week for the last three weeks While you can't be snatched out of it, you can certainly jump out of it. Speak, Jesus. We want to hear you. Amen. Hug two or three people as you take your seats and just tell them you're going to learn God's voice. You're going to learn God's voice. I want to real quickly, for the sake of those that maybe have not been here throughout the duration of the teaching, and I encourage you to get parts one and uh, parts two, um, and uh, so that we can move and walk in those things that God has ordained. But but we started this teaching because there's a lots of mis- lots of misunderstandings and misinterpretations of God's voice, and uh, I just want to recap. Can I recap real quick? We're just going to go down memory lane real quick so that we can be where we need to be uh the the understanding is that sheep know his voice now, but this imagery we've talked about repeatedly of you being a sheep and god being the great and ultimate shepherd is this understanding that you will never hear god's voice clearly when you're living for your will when you're doing what you want to do how you want to do the way you want to do it you're never ever going to be able to hear god clearly why because whatever you really want is what you hear whatever you really want is what talks the loudest and so this is the reason why you can try and I've said this for the last two weeks but redundancy is the teachers best friend This is the reason why you can try to say things to people and give them sound counsel and sound advice because you've been where they're going and they will look dead at you and not want to hear or heed anything you're saying parents I think a few of you have had that experience in life where you've said to your child thus and so and they have argued you up and down trying to tell you how what you know to be true is not true because somehow they've convinced themselves that they know more than And therein lies the great issue with humanity, and perhaps even more so in America, there is this arrogance that people have that thinks that they possess a knowledge greater than that they have. Can I tell you that your greatest enemy will not be Satan. Your greatest enemy will be the image you project of yourself to yourself. You didn't hear what I just said. Uh, Please understand this. Jeremiah makes a, can I just teach a little bit tonight? I just, Jeremiah makes a powerful declaration. He says the heart, which in Hebrew we understand is the mind. Your mind, it is deceitfully wicked above everything. Who can know it? Understand this, that where people make mistakes is when they overestimate the abilities that they have. And because of their overestimation, they begin to take and make moves predicated upon a view of themselves that's inflated. Bishop, what are you trying to say to me? So when Jesus says, you are not of my sheep because my sheep, they hear my voice and they they do uh, all the things we just read. What Jesus was saying is, is that my sheep have submitted themselves to me. Now, if you haven't submitted yourselves to God, then God's what he's saying is you've submitted yourselves to yourself. And the problem is self-submission is not a biblical principle. If you are the only accountability that you have in your life, there's going to be a problem. Because what you will do is change your rules and your principles to fit what you feel like being accountable to. Okay, I guess this is just a little too much for wisdom, so let me just come back to the notes. Okay, because y'all don't want to get with me what I'm saying. Okay, watch this. So we talked about misunderstandings uh, about, and misinterpretations of God's voice, and we're going to talk about that a lot tonight. I'm going to give you some very practical examples tonight uh, because I have seen people, hear me, I have watched people literally ruin their lives on account of what they call God's voice. Can I tell you, God's voice doesn't lead you into a pit. <laughs> okay, all right, watch this. So, so we talked about these things that people say, and I, and I hope you've stopped saying them now, or at least caught yourself if you did say it. People say, if God doesn't want it to happen, he'll stop it that's not true okay not true not true not true at all okay that, that, that's not that's not true in any way shape form or fashion I, I remember I told you all this story before there was a man years ago <coughs> I was uh, an associate pastor years ago and uh, this man came uh, to me and uh, and he came to me and and he was a home, uh, homeless man they were they were they were really tight their their finances and and i don't think he was working and the wife wasn't working and they had literally they had the entire brady bunch they had all of them marcia and all of them i mean it was it was it was a a, literally that when the church would go pick them up in the van they took their whole van so they had a whole van for the but y'all laughing like that ain't funny that's funny that's a lot of kids no that you ain't got you got to be sanctimonious that's funny they took the whole van, so they were their own pickup route. Now, listen, I asked the man, I asked the man, I said to him, I said, explain to me. I said, I'm just curious. I said, because, you know, you've got these kids, and I'm looking, and they, their shoes are tore up, and, and, and their you know, clothes are messed up, and, and they're not able to, to always bathe, and, and, and simple things like that. And I, and I, and I asked him, not, not out of, and I wanted you to hear my heart, it wasn't out of looking down, okay? It was nothing like that. I just asked him, I said, and I see that she's pregnant again. And I said, I'm just curious as to, you know, did y'all maybe think that was the best thing to be doing is to have a a child right now? There's several ways to, to, you know, to to not go that route. Y'all follow? And you know what the man said to me? He said, well, we just believe it's God's will. So if she gets pregnant, then it's God's will. I said, the problem with your thinking is that if I unilaterally apply that to life, then that means everything that happens is his will. So then why, then why then are we mourning the loss of people on something like 9-11 if you're expostulating a principle that's suggesting that everything that happens happened because he wanted it to happen? I said, so please do not blame the poverty you are in and the poverty you're raising your children in. Do not blame that on the fact that God didn't stop your sperm from fertilizing her egg because that's the natural order. Y'all don't want to say nothing to me. That's fine. Okay. Y'all still stuck and I'm still here. Okay. Y'all still there. That, that is not God's order, that's ridiculous. So then, if that's true, then let's unilaterally apply that, okay? So let's apply that across the board. So then, why do you lock your doors? Because if it's God's will for nobody to come in your house, ain't nobody gonna come, right? No, you gonna lock your door. You locked your car when you came in here, most of you. Now listen, this is a relatively safe zip code. You know, there's 2.3 persons in each home. You know, average household income, I think in this zip code of $73,000, something like that, average household income. You know, there's a very diverse culture and mixture. I mean, this is, your car is probably not gonna get broken too, if you parked on this side of the building. (laughs) I'm 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 joking. Please, if you get offended, please, please, please. Now, but why'd you lock your doors? Hmm? Using what? Wisdom. Somebody said, just in case. But now, wait a minute. But if everything that happens is God's will, then would it matter that you locked your doors? Huh? Let's take it another further. Then why do you wear your seatbelt? Because if it's God's will, if you're saying that if it's God's will for you to go, either way, well then, in that case, why follow the speed limit? you understand the point I'm making? That's ridiculous. And I've heard people use that as a method for saying, well, since God didn't stop me from doing that, he must want me to do it. That's not true. And you're going to make horrible decisions if that's your barometer. Another thing, y'all all right? People say everything happens for a reason. Yes, it's because you did it. They didn't send that. I know this is this is ruffling and shaking some of the ideologies that you maybe were taught because you know what if you especially if you grew up in church you were taught something like this god is in control and then they take it further and god is on the throne Mhm but the problem is, is that that was taken too far in its application You follow Okay be, be. If what you're saying is everything happens for a reason, then what you're erasing the power of is Genesis 8 and 22. As long as the earth remains, there shall be seed time, harvest time. So so watch this, what you're saying is, is that then God has reversed the order that he set in, 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 in play from the very beginning. In Genesis, the order God set in place was that he put seeds in place and trees that could bear seeds, so that he would create once and then never have to do it again. You, you missed it. So, so when he created man, he said, "I'm going to give you the ability to recreate yourself, so that I never have to recreate another man again." Y'all, y'all not hear what I'm saying? So, so, so for you to suggest that everything happening for a reason means if he wanted it not to happen, he would have stopped it. Then understand what you're doing is negating the way he's done things since the beginning. The way he's done things since the beginning is he said, I'll give you some seed. Now show me what you're going to do with your seed. Which means rather than you being angry about where you're at in life, stop that and instead say, I may have not been dealt the hand you were dealt, but baby, I was given some seed and I was dealt a hand. And it may have not been yours. I may have not been born in your zip code. I may have not been born into your bloodline. But baby, I was given something and you got to watch me work what I've been given. Another misinterpretation or misunderstanding about God's voice is that people think, well, they endure abuse for the glory of God in relationships. They say, well, I know it's not right, but you know, I'm just a soldier for the Lord. No. Misinterpretation. Misunderstanding. Now, 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 watch this. We talked about this, and, and I'm just re-ha- recapping, and then we're going to get to new material in just a moment. But I want to make sure you're on the same page. Say, Discovering. God's voice. Say it with me loud. Say discovering God's voice. Now, here's the deal. Whatever you really want is what talks the loudest. Whatever you really want is what talks the loudest. And it's so important to understand that. That's why we started talking about your will being broken. Because as long as you're living for your will, what you want will always be what you want, which will always be louder than what's right. What's right and what you want are two different things. Oh, God, I wish I had. Maybe y'all are going to talk to me over here because what's right and what you want are two different things, and sometimes they are enemies. Sometimes they are diametrically opposed. Sometimes they are not even on the same continent. Sometimes they are not even on the same planet. Sometimes what you want is on Mars, and, what you, and what's right is on Pluto. Because what you want is to get even, but what's right is to pray for what you want is to, not you, but your neighbor, is to cuss them out. But what's right is to, oh, you, you never felt that way? I know you're real deep and spiritual, but that neighbor of yours, Ooh, they didn't let some folks have it in their mind. Say, whatever I really want talks the loudest. When you want to justify to yourself not going to work one day, and I know you don't do it. Again, I'm dealing with your neighbor. We're going to get them saved before church is out. Uh, When you really don't want to go work that day, what you really want begins talking before you even fully get up. In fact, it'll start talking the night prior to. Now, you know you should have been in bed by 10.15, 10.30. 11 o'clock but here you go it's 12 15 because what you really want watch this it begins to talk to you please stay with me cameraman it begins to talk to you to alter your actions before the main uh, event or the main occurrence even begins to take place so when you really don't want to go to work you you, you know you should have been in bed 10 10 15 11 o'clock. It's 12.15, 12.30, 1.30, 2.45. And you know you've got to be up at 6. And you know how you get when you don't have the appropriate amount. Oh, y'all gonna look at me like that. Y'all something else. So, what you really want began talking the night before, right? So now it begins to have you change your actions and change your actions and change your actions. And then part of you is saying, no, but you know you don't need to use that day because you don't have enough time really left. And that's right talking. But then your will of just saying, I'm tired, I'm this, I'm that, my feet hurt, my back hurt, this, this, All that then begins to say something else. Are you following what I'm saying? So now, the night before, it begins pre-programming your actions. So now you don't go to sleep the time you should go to sleep. So now, when you wake up, now you mad at the clock. Like the clock is doing something wrong for going off at the time you said it. Come on, y'all. Can we be honest? And so what begins to happen now is then you'll hit the clock. But now because what you really want has already convinced you, you'll say, I'm gonna get up in fifteen minutes. And you know it's programmed to go back off in fifteen minutes. See, those of us that are honest are gonna start telling the truth in this moment. So then here it comes again. <laughs> then you wake up out of that semi-sleep you had. Because it wasn't real sleep, it was semi-sleep, because you just kind of close your eyes and just, you know <laughs> And then what happens? Then you look at it and then you're like, "You know what? Oh shoot. <laughs> you act surprised at the time, like you know you're supposed to be at work at 7:45. So then you look, oh, it's 7.15. Oh, I guess I ain't gonna be able to make it then. And then the right part of you, the right part's like, well, let me get up and at least try to act like I'm gonna try to, you know. And then all of a sudden, like, ooh, but you know what? My stomach, I don't know. Maybe I do feel bad. I shouldn't have ate so late. I better use wisdom, because Bishop said use wisdom at church. I better use wisdom. (laughs) So now what's what's wrong and what you want, now begin to use what's right and truth to justify itself because it perverts truth. Because whatever you really want is what talks the loudest. If you really want to succeed at something, then it will speak louder than your desire to rest, than your, oh, it's got real quiet right there, than your desire to nap. <laughs> It'll speak louder than that. Whatever you really want speaks louder. So we, we talked about this, we're almost through. We talked about this, that there's four people that are always talking, four people that are always talking. The first is you talking to yourself, manifesting your own will in a third person's voice, and it brings you comfort even if it's wrong. It brings you comfort even if it's wrong, and we talked about that, I won't. I won't go through that again. Uh, the second person that's always talking is people's unbiblical opinions. You have to be very careful about what you let be sown into you. Do you not understand that the Bible says words are spirit, which means which means words. Watch this when they leave a person's mouth, and as they come out to leave a person's mouth, they are a spirit. You don't understand that. Which means when you allow people to say certain things around you, they are releasing a spirit into that atmosphere and a spirit that you internally ingest. Jesus said the words he speaks are spirit and they bring life, which then gives us a principle that then some words that are spoken can bring death. they not necessarily literally death, but it can bring the death, watch this, of vision. It can bring the death of hope. You, you were believing that you could accomplish something, and then somebody sold a spirit. See, you're busy looking for pitchforks and demons and goblins. You're to be looking for that. You need to be looking at the person next to you, because that person next to you it possesses spirits. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. They that love it, so eat its fruit. So So, so you have to be careful. I'm very careful uh, about... Uh, who I let say things to me and around me. Because I'm conscious of the fact that, watch this, a spirit, say spirit. Can you see your spirit? No. Now, you are a spirit that has a soul, which is your mind, thoughts, and emotions, that lives in a physical body. This is your earth suit, and the real you is invisible to the human eye. Got it? Check this out. So just like you can't see your spirit, you cannot see the spirit of the words that people say. So that's why you have to be very careful about the people that you allow to say things to you and around you and the people you call your friends. You got to be very careful with that because what, what they're doing is releasing a spirit to you and then it can attach itself to your spirit and before you know it, you're walking around with somebody else's depression. You're walking around with somebody else's defeat. You're walking around with somebody else's issue. You're walking around with somebody else's insecurity. Why? Because that spirit was released and you didn't even see it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you got to be careful about people's, people's unbiblical opinions replaying in, in, in your mind. People saying, well, I think you should do this. Or if I were you, I would do this. And, 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 and then they'll tell you, well, the Bible says this, but they can't show you where it says that. You follow him? You, you got to be very careful with that. The third, third person is speaking is Satan. Hasetan, the adversary. And the way he does it is he mixes truth and fiction together to spawn subtle disobedience. He mixes truth and fiction together to spawn subtle disobedience. Has God indeed said? Now here's the trip. In Genesis, and we already talked about it, so I'm not going to have you flip there. But in Genesis, when he was speaking to Eve, got it? And when he's speaking to Eve, he he, he says to her, uh, uh, has God indeed said? In other words, layman's terms, did God really say that you can't do that? Now, here's the interesting thing. Watch this. When God said it, Eve hadn't been created yet. So, so, so when God said it, since Eve wasn't there, Eve now had to rely on the word that we had to assume that Adam told her. So, so really, what? watch this, what he was getting her to question was the validity of the leadership in her life. Because she was not there when God said that. So when she says, has God really said, well now she's got, to, she's got to really ponder and say, well maybe Adam is just trying to keep me from something. Maybe he just don't want me to have something. So then she answers him and says, well, yes, the Lord has said thus and so, thus and so. And then Satan responds and says, I don't know if that's all the way right. And and then I bet you he said something like this, but but Moses, the writer of Genesis, didn't, didn't get it. I bet you he said something like this. The way I feel about the situation is that God knows that if you do that, You're going to be greater than you are. And he just doesn't want you to be great. He's trying to block your gifts. He's trying to block your talent. You're a bigger fish than this pond. And I just feel. (laughs) Some of y'all are missing it. He said, I just feel that God's not really being forthright about that. So I tell you what. God knows that in the day you eat of it, you're going to be just like him. And he doesn't want you to be greater than what you really are. So look what he does. He plays to her pride. Okay? What does he do? He begins to butter her up to make her overestimate who she is. You're really something special, Eve. Now let's be frank. Ain't nobody else there but her and him. Ooh, so what does he do? Can I just give a little, a little revelation? I ain't been able to give revelation in seven years. Can I give just a little revelation? What he really wanted her to do was to have a competition with her husband. Okay, y'all, y'all don't want revelation. Okay, I'll leave that alone. All the ladies just stop listening right there. He wanted a relationship that was supposed to be complimentary to turn into a relationship that was competitive. Okay, I'll leave it alone. He mixes truth and fiction together to spawn subtle disobedience. He deceives by giving incomplete truth, and the part of the truth he leaves out is the part that creates the chaos. And then the fourth, thing, the first, fourth person talking is God. Somebody say B in, Bingo. Now, now watch this. We said this, and I want to say it again. God's voice is God's leading, and most often it does not appear in an audible voice. There were very few times uh, that God spoke audibly to someone in the Bible that wasn't in, in a prominent leadership role. That's God's precedent. And if he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, he follows that same precedent today. Not because that person in the Bible or that person in a prominent leadership role is better than you or better than anyone else. It's just that the function's different. Uh, why have a doctor if you can operate on yourself? Say, the function's different. The function, the, the function's different. So now watch this. In Scripture, his precedent was primarily reserved, his audible voice to set uh, spiritual leadership. Now, when God does speak, he speaks through his leading. Say his leading. Say his leading. Say it again, his leading. Okay, Now, now, now watch this. Uh, We talked uh, last week about how God spoke in the Bible from the less frequent to the most frequent. And last week, uh, we discovered that the fifth uh, way, the most infrequent way was angelic visitation. All right. And we talked about that so you understand now that angels are not going to appear to you uh, with wings and halos. You understand that? We learned that last week. All right. Then the fourth way was through something or someone that you would not expect. And remember, we talked about Balaam's donkey uh, and how God used a, 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 a jack, but uh, okay. King James calls it something a little bit more vivid, that he used something that you would not expect to speak to you, which is the same way sometimes God uh, will speak. He will speak through people that you would not expect. It'll be the one that is the worst, and can I use this word? I'm not saying it judgmental, but the worst heathen you know. And then, and, but you trying to act heathenish, And so then he'll use them. To say. Now, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just making a point. He'll use something you wouldn't expect. You'd expect to hear from God at church. You wouldn't expect to hear from God in the club next to your friend. And then they'll be like, you know, they'll say something real deep and spiritual. And you'll be like, how in the world do you say that? Has anybody ever had that happen yet? Yeah, like, how are you saying that? I'm the one go to church. I'm the one be praying. So how how you saying that? Amen. Amen. And then it convicts you to the point. To, <laughs> I mean, that's a whole another kind of conviction. Now remember, remember he'll speak through something that you some something or someone that you would least expect. Okay. And it's not also necessarily always audible. Sometimes it's a principle revealed. Sometimes it's a principle revealed. Okay. And we're going to d- deal with that in just a moment. Then we talk, y'all. All right. I just want to walk through it. Okay. Then the second, the, uh, the third uh, way was through prayer and worship. And I've taught on this before. And uh, we understand that prayer and worship is two-way communication. Now, this weekend, we understood that our praise is not only a form of communication, but it is also a way to fight. Uh Y'all been fighting this week? You've been been looking at some of your battles and say, this battle? No, I'm not going to have to fight you. I'm going to shout you out. Prayer and worship is two-way communication. It's two-way communication. But here's how most people pray. Father, I want this, 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 and this. In Jesus' name, amen. And that's it but but then what we don't allow is 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 the time of worship and those things that we've talked about we don't allow that so then so then you can receive something back so it's two-way communication okay Then the second way we talked about how God speaks uh, is through your pastor. And we looked at uh, several scriptures there, or a few scriptures, I should say, on last week, how God talks about he will give you shepherds according to his mind that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And I said to you the importance of coming to church with expectation, and God will always answer every single question. And somebody said, Bishop, how is that possible? You're you're one person, you're one human being. How is that, God? Because what God does is God then takes a human being who has frailties, uh, who is not perfect, but then God speaks spirit out of a human being that is perfect because God assigns you to a pastor. So you're a sheep. A sheep needs a shepherd. And every shepherd needs some sheep. Otherwise, you ain't a shepherd. You're just a sheep that wandered off. Okay, so we talked about expectation. Say Expectation. Could you imagine, for those of you that, that, that don't do this, could you imagine, I want to challenge you to do something. Could you imagine all the questions that you come up this week about life, about your family, about your marriage, about your finances, about whatever it is. Let me challenge you to do something. Let me challenge you to write them down. He said, Busy, why write them down? I want you to see how this principle works. I challenge you to write them down and watch them answer every single one of them from a message that might not be titled anything about what it is that your questions were. The teaching could be on uh, shouting, and your question is about being healed from cancer, being healed from a disease, being, being healed from emotional issues. But watch him answer your question in a message that seemingly has nothing to do with what it was that your questions were. Do I have any witnesses that say I? Because expectation is the breeding ground, not only for the miraculous, but expectation is the breeding ground for answers. You know the student who gets their questions answered? The one who asks them. (laughs) That's who gets their questions answered. The student that asks their questions. I challenge you just write them down. If you don't do it, that's fine. That's fine. But I challenge you. I challenge you to write it down. If you've never done it. I challenge you to write it down and watch them answer your questions. And then you'll be like, you'll come up to me after the experience and be like, Well, I wanted to talk to you, but uh, it ain't really nothing for us to talk about." It happens every single worship experience. People say, "I has some I, I wanted to even and this and that, but I didn't even do it." Why? Because that's the second most frequent way that God speaks to you. You want to hear from God? Come to church. People say, oh, I just can't hear from God. I just don't know what to do. You to come to church. And and not just come, but come consistently. Watch watch this. Why, Bishop? Because what God is speaking, hear me, is not a sentence. It's a book. It's a book. it's it's not just people say, I just need one word. No, you don't. No, baby, you need the whole word. You need all the word. And what God is speaking, he says, and we are living epistles, which means you are a letter that's being written to somebody else. See, that's why you got to go through what you're going through because somebody else is going to read the book of you one day, just like we're reading the book of them today. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. And so what God is speaking, it's a book. So the reason we want to be consistent in our church attendance is because the only part you get out of one message is just that particular portion of the book. And so, what happens is, what happens is, is when you miss and, 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 and when, you're, when you're not consistent and faithful, what happens is, is then you got missing parts of the book and you're trying to get an understanding of the book, but you can't because you got missing parts to the book. Because the week that you thought you didn't need to hear from the book, you missed the part in your book that you needed. He's writing a book. <laughs> the, the book is you. Say your name. Say, say it like you love your name. yeah. He's writing a book of you. Just like we're reading Isaiah, Daniel, Nehemiah, these, these men today, okay? One day somebody's gonna read you. And that is the reason why you deal with a lot of the stuff that you deal with. It is, it is not because, Jesus, it is not because, watch this, it is not because just of you. It is because God says, I know the people that are going to be reading you one day. See, see, Daniel going into the lion's den wasn't necessarily because Daniel needed to go into anybody's lion's den. It was because one day somebody was going to be surrounded with things against them and surrounded with obstacles that were larger and bigger than they. And God said, but if I let them see how I brought Daniel out, Jesus, I'll let them see how I'll bring them out. The three Hebrew boys that got thrown into the furnace, it was not because they needed to go into anybody's furnace. It was because God said, there's going to be some day where stuff is hot in your life. There's going to be some days where the fire's all around you. But if you see how I brought Shadrach, Meshach, and the bed to go out, you'll see how I bring you out. So when somebody reads how you were able to survive that tough time in your life, they'll know that God, if he did it for you, he's going to be able to do it for them. And the same God that lifted you up out of darkness is the same God that will lift them up. And the God that brought you out of depression is the same God that will do it for them. So, So, since you're a book, he's writing a book of you. When God speaks, He speaks in volumes. He speaks in books. He speaks generationally. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Bishop, what are you trying to say? When God speaks, He's speaking beyond just you. He's speaking to the generations that are going to be affected by what you're doing. Consider if your mama them and daddy them consider, and I'm not saying they didn't, I'm just making a point. Consider have they known what you now know? And how differently they would have lived because of what it would have done and made the difference for you. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Maybe your father would not have done what he did the way that he did it had he known how it would have affected you. Okay, y'all not going to say nothing to me. To whom much is given, much more is required. Y'all still here? Watch this. The number one way that we talked about how God speaks is through God's word. Which is the what? The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Somebody said, Bishop, how can you believe that the Bible is right? Because it works. Check this out. One day I sowed, and then I reaped. Ah, It works! One day I prayed for when I wanted to cuss out, <laughs> and then I got double. It works. It works. That's how we can believe it, cause it works. You, 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 you. The car you drive, you, you, uh, you drive that car. Why? Because it what? Because it works. Some of you, maybe not all the time, but you know, after you pray over it, put some oil on it, and then it works. But if you'll be faithful with that, I'm a living witness. I can tell you, he'll ensure that you, he'll take good care of you. Look, his neighbors say he'll take good care of you. Tell him, something. encourage. No, tell him for real. Like you know, tell him he's gonna take good care of you. He'll take good care. Of you. <laughs> now, now, now god's word uh, the, the the greek word logos what god has already said okay and, and we talked about this a little bit uh, on last week and, and we got into that now w- where i wanted us to get today five ways that that god will speak and lead the most infrequent is what angelic visitation the next is something or someone you'd least expect third is prayer and worship Second is, your pastor. First is, his word, the Bible, okay? And we talked last week about that's why when it's time to get into the word, that's why you your mind gets all kinds of distracted. And even if, you're, if, you, if you say, Bishop, no, I don't have that problem. I'm a, I'm a real good, I like to get in the word, I like to get in the Bible. But you know what the enemy then would like you to do is read a bunch of stuff and then just not retain any of it. You ever done that? Can we be honest? Have you ever read, like, and then you thought you were super reading, too? You're like, I am super saint today. You read five or six chapters, and then you're like, I have no clue what I just read. I think Peter Nim was around, and then uh, Susan Nim called, and I think uh, I don't have no clue. Something about Mary and Little Lamb, that's something. <laughs> no, Knowing the Ark, they put something over there, and they went then they went to Jesus' house, and after they got from the house, then they had to go to the party, but Jesus was tardy for the party, and so they, so, and, and Jesus wept, that's, that's <laughs> So, So what I challenge you to do, uh, what I challenge you to do is to start uh, with the CDs of the teachings. I, I think that those are the most valuable tool that you could give. I think it's the most valuable tool that that you can get, and I wish more of us took advantage of them, and uh, one day uh, we will, but I I wish more of us took advantage of those because those are the most valuable tools you have. They're better than your notes. Why are they better than my notes, Bishop? Because your notes are what you heard me say, not what I said. You filtered what you wrote through what you wanted to hear. Oh, God. Because whatever you really want talks the loudest. That's why if, you, if you've ever been, if, you've ever, if you were in college, if you went to college and, and you ever had to do a group paper and then everybody brought their notes together and then you had that one person or two people in your group, you're like, what are you talking about? And by, yeah, they're, they're, you're like, that is not what they said. And then they got little drawings off to the side, little spaceships and doodle doos over here. are like, what are you talking about? I'm so glad I took my own notes. Couldn't depend on you. Thank God I ain't a cheater. I would have failed. So, so the CDs are the most valuable tool. And where I said to start uh, in reading God's Word, a great place to start is just where we were in church. That way it's already been taught to you so you have a better understanding. And then as you begin to read it and read it and read it, it's redundancy. Now here's the great thing about it. The Bible says that the word is living, which means as you read it, watch this, because it's living. Uh, As you read it, you could read the same verse a million times, but on that million and first time it says something completely fresh to you that you were not able to see before. Because not only is it living, but check this out, you're growing. And as you're growing and as you're mature, there are certain things that you couldn't handle a year ago. There were certain things you couldn't handle a month ago. There were certain things you couldn't handle a week ago. But as you're maturing and as you're growing, you can read that same verse, but that same verse have a brand new, fresh meaning. Got it? Now, now now, now here, here here's here, here's the deal. And this is where I wanted to get to today, and, and then we're done. Y'all alright? Okay, now good. Now, now watch this. The question becomes, Bishop, how do I check what I think I heard? I think I heard that. And remember, it's not going to always be an audible voice. In fact, and I said to you, and this is the truth, when Christians come up to me talking about they heard all these audible voices, I normally begin the countdown to destruction. Now, I'm being very honest with you. Why? Because what you're suggesting is that God is a loose-mouthed gossip you're suggesting you're suggesting that he sits up and just spews stuff on all day and we learned last week that when he speaks the bible says he shakes that which can be shaken so when he does say something it is a big deal and it will be more than just you know a lady told me one time she's a car salesman and lady told me she said well god told me not to sell that car And I I said, uh, T minus, you're on a path to destruction. Now, Bishop, why would you say that? What if God really said that? He wouldn't. Bishop, how do you know that? Because he couldn't. How do you know that? Because he would never violate what he said. What you claim him to be saying can never contradict what he said. Okay, it's real quiet here. What you claim he is saying to you can never contradict what he has already said. Why? Because then you make him a liar. But he says he, heaven and earth will pass away before you'll ever find him to be a liar. So, Bishop, how could you know God didn't say that? Because he told you to obey them that rule over you and have authority over you, Romans 13. So he would not tell you to not do what they told you to do. Impossible. Bishop, but they ain't saved. You should read the Bible because there's no qualification for them to have to be saved. Y'all, did y'all get that? So, so let me give you another one. This one used to come up in church a lot of time, years ago, and I'm saying church, the church is, you know, universal church. Everybody, you understand? People used to say, the Lord told me that's my husband. See how quiet I got? <laughs> oh the Lord told me that's my wife. Y'all remember that? Come on, come on now. Now, if you're brand new to God and you got saved at Harvest, you don't know how far ahead of the game you are. Jesus, you don't know how far ahead y'all. But here's the problem. When women would say that, that man would be married. Oh, y'all ain't got nothing to say? And then they'd sit back looking at the couple like, "Mm mm-hmm, because soon the Lord is going to execute judgment. Mm Mm-hmm, that's fine. And then they'll start quoting songs. You may have had them once, but I got them all the time. You know, all this kind of stuff. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. It's quiet in the Catholic cathedral tonight. Y'all should have told me, I could have worn my vestments tonight if y'all were going to be this quiet. We could have just had communion. We could have had the Holy Eucharist. They said, Bishop, how could you know that's not God? Because, Bishop, I know one lady who said that, and 20 years later, they got married. You're presupposing that because he allowed it, he was proud of it. He allows you to do what you want to do, too. Witches normally have a way to get what they want. Okay, it got real quiet right there. He wouldn't say that. He couldn't say that to you. It contradicts what he's already said. Do you follow what I'm saying? He he, he would not say that to you so 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 here's the deal when you think you're being led by God or you think you're hearing God here's the first question you gotta ask yourself does it violate the Bible check this out Watch the second part directly or indirectly okay so the Bible says thou shalt not kill pretty straightforward right okay that's direct, right? So we understand that if you think that you're being led to do that, you're lying. You understand that? Here's the principle. The principle of killing later on in the Bible appears as this principle of murder, and there's a difference now between manslaughter and murder. This is what are you trying to say? Murder took on a greater principle in the Bible to mean executing one's influence with your words so while the direct principle is don't literally kill them the indirect principle is but you did the same thing when you gossiped about them and didn't know it to be true Because now you've made that person just as dead to somebody else. You're missing what I'm saying. Because of what you said that you did not know to be truthful. And so now because somebody has taken your truth and made it their truth, that person's dead to them. So indirectly you violated the scripture. But also directly because the scripture is very clear about gossip. But do you follow the point I'm making? It's called, you've heard this this phraseology before, uh, uh, the letter of the law spirit of the law and when I say law here I'm not talking for, for those of you that are a little bit uh, perhaps more astute I'm not talking about Torah here I'm just talking about principles here you got it the letter of the principle the spirit of the principle does it violate the Bible because if it does it's not God it's not and the only person lying is the person saying it's him you follow what I'm saying Okay. If, if you're saying, I'm being led by God to do something, watch this, but you're doing it out of order. You're doing it out of order. Do I want to go there? Y'all want me to go? Y'all getting a lot better over here. Y'all got saved. We've been praying for y'all. Y'all got saved the last couple of weeks. Y'all doing all right. Ain't God faithful? See, I told you, if you just keep speaking life and speaking life, and who knows how they're going to be on Easter Sunday, they might just tear up the church. They're going to be th- picking up the chairs. Preach! <laughs> I, I'm not going to go there, but... But I'm going to kind of go there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I ain't going to go all the way to the house, but I'm going to go to the driveway. Go, John. Go, John. Go, John. Go, John. Uh, uh, I just got to figure out how to get to the driveway without accidentally opening the front door to the house. Here's the point say, out of order. Say, order. God is a God of order. God dislikes order so much that the first thing he did in Genesis when he got there is say, I can't stand this, turn the lights on. And when he said turn the lights on, he wasn't talking about little, the sun, the moon, so on and so forth, because that didn't come until later. He was literally saying, let there be the knowledge of me. He said, because when I enter, there's order, because God is not in a disorderly environment. That's why, for those of you that, have, that, that know a little bit about the Bible, as you've read, you, you see stories of how when they would mishandle God's presence, it would kill them. And you would say, well, how could a loving God do that? Because God says, my order is so important that when you choose to break it, you choose to get up from up under my protection to where now whatever was going to happen, you're exposed to. See, order keeps you protected. Disorder leaves you exposed. Order keeps you under the blessing. Disorder opens you up to the curse. And and uh, w- when you do things in an orderly fashion, then you open the door for God to be able to use that. But 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 you can't you, 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 you can't you can't usurp God's order and expect for things to work well for you. We ain't even gonna go up the driveway because I'm out of time. we ain't gonna go up the driveway. We just have to drive past the house. Joe, <laughs> drive by. <laughs> Drive-by teaching. We got to drive-by. I can't even get to the drive because I'm time. And, 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 and then, and watch this, and then here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. So whenever you think you're being, that, and, and, and that's very important because I'm telling you, this message is so practical for me and powerful for me because I've seen people misappropriate, misunderstand, and misinterpret and destroy their lives. And I'm not talking about destroy like, ooh, they had an accident now they got to go get a new car. I'm talking about messed up everything that can be possibly messed up you follow here's the second thing you you gotta do is ask god to confirm what you think you've heard now i hear somebody saying (coughs) bishop um, in that unbelief in that doubt at a certain point it could become that but the Bible gives a principle says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses Let a thing be established Which means what God is saying is that If you need to hear two or three times Okay Now four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Eleven, twelve <laughs> Okay at that, at that point You're just in rebellion You just don't want to do it Because what you really want Talks the loudest Y'all hear what I'm saying? But now check this out I'm done, I'm done, I'm done Check this out Gideon was in a situation, and uh, God was saying, I'm going to raise you up, and I'm going to use you as a judge to deliver the people. He said, I'm I'm tired of my people being oppressed. I'm tired of this, and I'm going to raise you up. And check check out what happens. Gideon sets up, and two times he asked God to confirm himself. He said, okay, God, I believe that was you. But now, can you just confirm that by doing thus and so? And if thus and so happens, it's an if then. If thus and so happens, that'll be my way to know to do X. If thus and so do not happen, that'll be my way to know not to do X. So Gideon did that uh, a few times. Uh, there are several examples I could give you in the scripture where people ask God to confirm and then God confirm. Here's the crazy thing about confirmation. okay? He's not obligated to do it more than once. See, so sometimes you'll say, God, if this is the one that I'm supposed to be with, so I was singing people that cry. <laughs> if this is the one I'm supposed to be with, then God, thus and so. And if not, thus and so. So then part B happens. And then you're like, hmm, I don't really like that answer. God, if you could just um, uh, show me again, if this is that and that is this and so on and so forth, would you do this? Then he does that. And you, you've been told no twice. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? Y'all was shouting a minute ago, y'all just dropped out on me? And then because you don't like his answer, you go back for a different one. Now, can we be honest? How many of you, you've asked him to confirm, got an answer, didn't like it, tried to go appeal your case? And here's the problem. There is no court of appeals. He he doesn't have a committee. He is the judge and the jury. Ain't no three branches in heaven. It's just one. There's no voting. If he said no yesterday, it's no today. And next year when you ask him, it's going to be no Now, I hear somebody asking, well, Bishop, what kind of things should I ask the Lord? Should I ask the Lord, you know, Lord, if you you, let it rain in the middle of December? Well, here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> in Denver. <laughs> I suppose you could ask him that. He's God. The problem is, is, I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. But, Bishop, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to make this real practical for you because where most pastors, they leave it right there. Just ask the Lord, But, but there's no practicality behind that. And so then you're gonna go out tomorrow and say, Lord, if it's you, let McDonald's have $1 Big Macs. Problem is, Thursday ain't $1 Big Mac day. And you knew that when you said it, it's on Tuesdays. But my question is, why are you still messing with that fast food anyhow? Y'all see what I'm saying? Okay, so, so so the so the practicality of it is is that in God's leading, number one, make sure that it does not violate the Bible. Okay, said, so, Bishop, I don't know what scriptures to look for. We have a resource in the bookstore that lists a bunch of scriptures by subject matter that you can get your hands on. You can use that. You can Google uh, different things and, and that kind of thing all right, to, to, to see what does the Bible say. You've got to ask the bishop available for you. You're going to ask that way. There's a myriad of ways for you to get answers so that you know exactly what the word is saying. But then secondly, uh, if you see that, well, it doesn't violate or, or the scripture, and you get past that, and you say, "But I'm just not 100% sure." But well, then there's no, you can ask God to confirm. You got it. And in doing that, He's not a circus monkey, so don't be creating weird stuff. Lord, if it's you, sh- show up with a you know Superman suit on, and then turn around four times, and then say, "You know, I'ma say Mama Samu Makasai. And then after that, turn into Batman, and then just do like this here, and then, okay? Now, we laugh, ooh, but if we could put what some of y'all have asked him to do up here. Lord, if it's you, let me be able to fit into this suit. I ain't been able to fit in for 12 years, and that's how I know I'm supposed to get that job, because I can fit into the suit. Well, look, if you've been eating steadily for the whole 12 years, you ain't going to fit into that suit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, I wish I had more time, but I'm out of time. Stand on your feet. Did you learn something tonight? Did you grow tonight? Hallelujah. God, we love you. We honor you. You're so great. You're so awesome. We thank you for your voice. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your presence. Father, we thank you that while we've been through lots of things, that we're still here, that we're still standing, that you're still powerful, that you're still great, that you're still awesome, that you've not given up on us. People may have, and sometimes we may have given up on ourselves, but you have not given up on us. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, very quickly, if you're in this worship experience tonight, I don't want to assume because it's a Wednesday night, I do not want to assume that you know Jesus. And if you're in this place tonight, here on the Internet campus, and you are not a Christian, you've never given your life to God, I want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died in your place. What does that mean, Bishop? That means 2,000 years ago, he paid the price for every mistake you'd ever make for every dumb decision you'd ever made, for every wrong thing you'd ever do. He paid the price. Jesus died for it, so you do not have to die from it. But not only that, he died so you could have abundant life. Maybe you didn't know this, but God actually wants you to live a life that's not only enjoyable, but to live a life to where you do well. Maybe nobody's ever told you that. He wants you to do well. Why? Because the Bible says that when people see you doing well, that they will then glorify him. And so if you're not a Christian, you've never given your life to God tonight, tonight you can do that. Secondly, if you've given your life to God before, but you've fallen away from him, maybe you grew up in church and you knew the Lord, but you fell away. Or or maybe you recently gave your life to God, but you just fell away and started doing your own thing. I got good news for you. God loves you. He's not angry with you. Maybe if he was trying to kill you or get rid of you, you'd be gone. He's trying to lift you up, not throw you down. He's trying to build you up, not push you down. He wants to take you to places in life that you never even imagined you could go. You were not created to live in dysfunction. You were not created to live in a mess. You were not created for disaster. You were created to be an overcomer. Say that. I was created to be an overcomer. And tonight, if you've fallen away from god there's forgiveness for you and you can come back to him if either one of those is you with your heads bowed on your eyes closed here at the aurora campus or on the internet campus on the calendar three wherever you're at throw that hand at one two three throw that hand up if that's you hallelujah 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 now i want everybody to just lift their hands tonight nobody stands alone because guess what your neighbor if tonight if you're giving your life to jesus tonight. Your neighbor was standing right where you were at one time. Say this with me, everybody, everywhere. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe the Bible. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died in my place. Because of that belief and because of that confession, the Bible teaches that if this is my first time praying this, I'm a Christian. If I was far from you, I'm reconnected to you. I believe great days are ahead of me. I believe great things are ahead of me. I've had some mistakes. I've had some failures. But that's because you were writing the book. You were writing my story. And I thank you that you're going to get the glory out of my story. I'm not just still here just for myself. I'm still here to bring somebody else with me when somebody else knows what you've done for me they'll know you can do it for them in Jesus name would you give God a shout all in this place I said would you give him a shout all in this place another level can you give him a shout in this place we learned on Sunday let's Shabbat the Lord let's
0: Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the
0: limo and we lost track of time.
1: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.